on today's episode of the Playgrounder podcast. I am a little bit nasally. I do have a stuffed nose. It is nothing serious, but uh, hopefully you can survive listening to my voice for this episode because it is a good one. We bring the drafts back. We've uh, we've teased it enough, and the drafts are finally back the offseason here, so that means a lot of free agent talk, a lot of draft talk, and then the Playgrounder drafts on the podcast. So we bring in a nice little group of the Playgrounder staff to uh, kind of do this draft. Obviously, me and Matt are here, and then Jeff Campbell, and then Rob Shaw, two great guys who um, you can read all their stuff at theplaygrounder.com and then hear them on Playgrounder pods. So that was fun. We do the 2010s NBA champions. So any player who won a championship from 2010 till 2020, this past Lakers championship, um, it actually 2010 started with the Lakers championship and 2020 ended with the Lakers championship. So that's an interesting little fun fact. But the key is we're not drafting the players as they were in the year they won the chip. We're drafting them as they will be on opening night in 2021. And I explained that out fully throughout at the beginning of the draft. So we start off with that. And then we swing it over to my solo interview with Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs. He also covers the Spurs on a bunch of news channels. So that was a really fun conversation. Uh, we kind of talk about their free agency and their rebuild and DeMar and Aldridge. Will they trade? Even Pop's kind of tenure in San Antonio. What's coming to an end. So please like and subscribe. Please go to theplaygrounder.com. Uh, check out everything we have. I'm at Zach Wilson 50 on Twitter. Matt's at Matt Esposito underscore. You can check out at Playgrounder NBA on Twitter where you can vote for the draft because it's up to you guys who wins. Uh, it was really uh, it's going to be really close. I'll say that you'll have to stay tuned to see what the teams look like. So um, why don't we swing over to that right now and uh, let's get it. All right, so we felt like for the return of the draft segment, since it's the offseason and we're bringing these drafts back, we had to do like a whole Playgrounder party pod. You know, we'll call it like Triple P or something. I kind of like that. Um, so we're bringing in Matt, obviously. Uh, Rob, who has been on this show a few times, was definitely on during the playoffs quite a bit. And then one of the staff writers at the Playgrounder. Uh, first appearance on this pod, though, we got Jeff Campbell. So Jeff, we'll start with you. Uh, how's it feel to be... On the first draft of season two of the draft, I guess, and uh, on the Playgrounder pod itself. I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm ready to, to get after it with this draft. Also, uh, very pumped to see you guys talk to you. I know we've, we've spoken a lot offline about some of the things we're doing with the site. Uh, just just pumped to be on and, and ready to get going. Rob, welcome back. How are you, how are you doing? I'm back, and I'd like you guys to know the levels of nerddom that I took this to are extremely high. I'm ready. And uh, Matt, you've never beaten me in one of these before, so is this going to be the first time, or what's going to happen? I mean, like, have I beaten you? No. But do we both know that I've probably beaten you? Yes. Um Listen, I'm not here for the win. I'm here for the camaraderie and team building. And Zach, yeah, that's what a loser says. You sound like you. You sound like you have a cold, man. I do. Yeah, my nose is insanely plugged. Yeah. Is it, is it bad? I mean, it sounds like you need a uh, one of those like those pots you put in your nose and like the oh, water. A neti pot. Well, it yeah. sounds like you're recording on an iPhone too. Okay, so <laughs> whose okay. voice sounds oh. worse? Wow! Shots fired. Shots fired. Did I, is iPhone two a thing, or did I, I swear it just started at like three? 
think they called that one like the re- I think it went like iPhone, the remix, which I'm totally making up, and then they just started doing Roman numerals, and I'm stuck on a five. It's pretty crazy. So uh, honestly, the fact that a five has lasted you this long should be more of like a like an applaud type thing than uh, any sort of shot. So I take it back and I congratulate you for keeping a phone for that long. Here's the trick: never charge to 100 percent. Charge to like 80 and shut your phone off overnight, and it'll last forever. So you have a separate alarm clock? Yeah, I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> Smacking the clock every time you wake up. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, before we start this draft, we're going to go in order. 30-second quick reaction. We're going to go Matt, Rob, then Jeff. Stan Van Gundy hired by the Pelicans. Go. My first reaction is uh, this guy finds a way to keep getting jobs. But, like, I like it. I like I like Stan Van Gundy. Um, I like him better than his brother, though. I like both of them a lot. And there's that awesome video of, like, there's a classic Van Gundy video where he's just, like, dribbling behind the back and stuff. So, I like his. He's the man. Um, that's my. That's immediately what I thought of, like, when uh, Woj tweeted out about how he was, how the Pelicans brass was intrigued with Van Gundy's ability to develop young players. My mind just went to him going behind the back in the practice gym. I was like, yeah, Stan Van gets it in with the players on the floor. He was in shorts. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I like the hire as well. Um, you know, it, it depends on what version you think of Stan you're going to get. Obviously, with the Magic, one of the first to really uh, champion that stretch four with Richard Lewis that had a lot of success with them. Um, as a president, you know, really did not make a lot of great decisions with the Pistons, but I think he's he's a smart enough guy to hopefully learn from his mistakes. I'm certainly hoping the same thing is true with Tom Thibodeau. So if I'm going to give Tibbs a second chance with the Knicks, or a third chance, depending on how you look at it, I, I think I'm okay with, with Stan Van for the Pelicans. Yeah, I, um, I, I definitely think he'll probably do better without the front office responsibilities. And my guy Justin Rowan tweeted out, uh, I don't know exactly the wording he used, but he essentially said with buffets being a thing of the past, we'll see how Stan and Zion survive New Orleans. So a uh, little shot fired there. But I am going to miss him on the call. It was, just, it was just this one season, but I found him really good. Uh, but yeah, that's the news that broke today. So move on to this draft. And to start the draft, since we just concluded with, uh, whoa, is, it, is 10 years a decade? Yes, 10 years is a decade. Okay, so we just concluded with this decade of NBA ball, so we decided, why don't we go with a 2010s champions draft? So the players who are eligible is anyone who has won a ring from 2010 up until this past year, 2020. And since it's the offseason, we are drafting the version of the player that we expect to see on opening night next season. So we're not drafting, you know, 2012 LeBron. We're not drafting 2015 Steph. We're not drafting finals MVP KD. We're drafting opening day next season versions of all these players. But the pool is still really big because a lot of the stars who have won rings over these past 10 years, um, they're still really good. So, um, Matt, uh, how do you think we should we should decide the order? Should we go, like, newest to oldest on this, on the pod? Like, not like an age, but on the pod? Or what, what should we do? Should we pull up a randomizer? I'm going to go first because I came up with the name of the website. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, oh man, lay your cards on the table. Do you want to go draft. first? I, like snake first isn't always the best in the snake draft, but whoa, if you whoa, want whoa, it, you whoa, can whoa, take let it. Let him go. Let him go. Can I get the last pick? 
I'm gonna go first, and then I'll take last. Who was talking about a hamburger? Me. Okay, you're gonna go second. Oh man. And Zach, you're gonna go third because I don't want you having snakes. So that means Jeff's gonna go last. Is that what it's called when you have like the first or last pick? It's called the snake pick. Roll up, Zach. And you. you I did <laughs> What? I no, no, no. That. Oh, Zach. I thought Matt completely made that up. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> like, I it think sounds good. <laughs> I think that is madism. Uh, madism, it's gonna take off. Um, can I? Can I start with my first pick? Do it. So I'm gonna go with that LeBron James guy. That's my guy. And I was just like. I was looking through some of his finals performances, and I think I forgot, like, how good he was. Like, I forgot that, like, 2016 LeBron was so freaking good. Like, and even even when you watch him, uh, even when you watch him against the Heat, like, I always felt like he could turn it up another notch if he wanted to. I felt like we didn't even see everything. Like, it, like if, if the Heat were a little bit more competitive, I thought LeBron would have only been that much better. So, I'm going to go with LeBron James and um, – I'm gonna feel good about it. What about you, Bob's Burgers? What's your reaction to Matt's pick, and uh, what's your own pick? All right. So my reaction to Matt's pick is he got it right in this, like if, if this small of a player pool, LeBron is the ultimate utility. Like you can build your team any way around him. My pick here is actually LeBron's teammate because I think this is there's a uh, five players in tier one. And that's why I wanted the last pick, honestly, <laughs> because you get four and five. But there's five players in tier one, but the other three in tier one to me have concerns or are just coming off of injuries. So give me the youngest player of that group. And I just watched him be a monster in the finals. So you want Alex Caruso or? <laughs> um, I'm going to take Anthony Davis. <laughs> No, um, I, uh, very happily yeah no I definitely like that pick there was times in that finals where I was watching and I like thought to myself I was like what do the Lakers really have the two best players in the league like I don't think it's far off to think that but um I agree with you with there being five players in tier one I'm gonna take a guy who I personally think is the second best in the league and some of this does have to do with Steph and Katie obviously not playing so they can for sure surpass this guy but uh the guy who won my city the chip Obviously, there's chem concerns, but we saw what he can do in Toronto, so I'm not worried about that. And I'm going to take Kawhi Leonard with my first pick, uh, the guy who won two chips in this era. I guess Matt took a guy who won three. But, um, yeah, uh, Jeff, why don't you go ahead with your, your first pick? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic pick. I'm going um, to go with uh, a guy we didn't really see much of this year, but Kevin Durant. Um, as a Knicks fan who was spurned by him, and technically Kyrie and, and the whole uh, let's put our eggs in one fantastical basket and, and hope they pick us. Uh, I spent a lot of time trying to convince myself that Katie's never going to be the same player. Um, no one comes back from an Achilles injury, but the game is better when he's at his best. So uh, I'm going to take KD here. And you, uh, you get the snake pick, as Matt would call it. So you get your Ooh. second pick here. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, my boy Steph Curry, uh, easily one of, if not the most, fun players to watch in all of the NBA. Uh, definitely look for him to come back with a chip on his shoulder. He's just going to light it up from three. Uh, amazing, transcendent playmaker as well. To me, that's an easy pick. Matt, what do you think of Jeff just trying to rebuild the Warriors? 
Um, I'm not letting him get clay. Like I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I might not either. I'm re- I'm really debating it, but what I'm gonna do instead, as Jeff rebuilds the Warriors, I might just rebuild last year's Raptors, and I'm probably gonna take Pascal with this pick. We uh, I know there's a salty taste in everyone's mouth with the way he performed in the playoffs, but we do have to remember that he was all NBA second team, started in the All Star game, and with a guy like Kawhi by his side, or exactly Kawhi by his side, he put up a very strong postseason run last year. And him and Kawhi, I think they're the second highest scoring duo in playoff history. So um, I don't know, Rob, do you uh, do you like my pick of Pascal, or do you think uh, Clay's better, or someone else? No, I – so basketball is about what you've seen before, and you guys put together two teams that we, we've seen these players work together effectively. So with that said, with my next pick, I'm going to go for what was almost a thing in Boston or was rumored to be a thing in Boston, but now Boston has neither of these players. I'm going to take Kyrie and – it's going to be Kyrie and AD is going to be my core and injuries are going to be a concern, but we're going to be really, really fun. I thought you were going to take Rondo because they work together well in New Orleans. Yeah, but there's this, this guy's a head case, but he's like the most elite ball handler I've ever seen. Even if the earth is flat to him, I'm just going to take Kyrie. Well, that's uh, it's definitely definitely really solid, Matt. How about you take your first pick, and then we'll recap the first two picks for everyone, and then you can snake your pick again. Okay, so I think I'm gonna go. <laughs> Funny story, when you texted me this, Zach, I I thought we were doing versions of the players, like just regardless how they would play in 2020. So, like, I had a list, and I was like, did I not send it to you? What what we were doing? <laughs> I just misinterpreted it. So like, so like number five on my list was 2011 Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I was like, what is everyone doing? And then, and then I kind of like, this is not what we're doing. So I don't want, I don't want Dwayne Wade on my team. Um, he's not eligible. You can't have him. He retired. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's too busy getting shocked by proposals on the beach now. Yeah. He's more famous for memes now than, than basketball at this point. I know. I I had Dirk on this list. I had I had like 2010 Kobe. Um, God, I took up so much of my day figuring this out. Okay, this is this is what I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Jimmy Butler. Um, I don't think he's eligible, but you could take him. Wait, yeah, Jimmy's not. No, he didn't win a championship. You got to have a ring. Oh jeez. Okay, no. And you I can wanted see, the first pick. <laughs> I can see why your computer took so long to restart. I think you might need one, too. It's literally just restarting right now. Um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take Kyle Lowry. Dang it, I wanted him. I wanted my, I wanted Me my too. point guard. Me too. Yeah. I'm going to take Kyle Lowry. Um, and I'm going to feel good about it. And I'm going to feel... Oh wait, I know who I'm taking next too. Because no one took no one took Clay, right? No one took Clay yet. <laughs> but go. um all right, so let's recap. I have LeBron and Kyle Lowry. And I love it. Rob, who's your who's your who's your dynamic duo? Oh, I have A D and Kyrie and I'm ecstatic with this. Jeff, oh, we're yeah, going as to we know. Yeah. So I got uh 
I got my guys Stefan KD, so I'm 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 feeling pretty good about that. And I have uh, Kawhi and Pascal, the only duo of the four. No, that's a lie. Katie and Steph did it. One of two duos of the four who actually won a chip in real life together. So, okay. Um, I like mine the best. And I... Especially with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. uh, Listen, I I can't tell you the amount of research I did for this that has totally gone out the window. Um, I wrote it on like a legal pad. Like, um, you know, L. Woods from Legal... (laughs) Um, okay, can I start off with my next pick? Because I kind of, I kind of spoiled it a little bit. Um, Do your thing. My computer's at fifty-one percent. I'm gonna take Clay. All right, and now let's recap my roster because I'm very proud of it. We literally just did that, and then you picked Clay. Like we don't need to recap <laughs> it again. <laughs> like, all right, I have I have LeBron who can like you know still be the best player in the league next year. Like that's that's a feasible thing. Um. I love Kyle Lowry. I think he's a culture setter on your team, and I think he can. He's he's like a dogged defender. Can he can play on ball? He can play off the ball if you need to. We saw him do that with Fred VanVleet, and like Clay Thompson can literally get what thirty-seven points in a quarter or something like that. So very low usage. He's a great fit next to those guys. Uh, guys also a really good defender. Uh, who's next? I forgot the order. Rob, you're next. Bob's Burgers. Uh, <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> I don't know where you guys have the, these guys ranked, but if I could have got LeBron, I was super ecstatic to pair this guy with LeBron, and I still think I'm just going to add Serge Ibaka to my team because he uh, Davis has qualms about playing center sometimes, but it's it's literally like getting him floor-stretching Dwight Howard. And yeah. now I have Umbaka, an Umbaka-Davis back line with Kyrie I'm I like where I'm at so far yeah so I said how I wanted to rebuild the Raptors and I would have loved Kyle Lowry I would have loved Ibaka but I guess they're both off the board now but who I can take to continue this Raptors rebuild is my guy who's gonna get paid this offseason Freddie V um He's a guy who can play on ball and off ball. We've seen him this year. He can guard guys a lot bigger than him. He's a dog defensively. Uh, great shooter. And, you know, I, I, he knows how to play with Pascal. I think he might have beef with Kawhi. I don't know if you guys knew this. When Kawhi got his ring in Toronto, he, like, circled around all his former teammates that, like, they, like, dapped him up as he got his ring. And Fred Van Vliet stood behind, like, two guys and didn't even dap Kawhi up. So we might mm. have some chemistry things to kind of repair here. But I think once we get that going, I think Kawhi, Pascal, and Fred – um, I think they can do pretty good. They were arguably like the three best players uh, for the last two games of the Milwaukee series. So I'll hold on to that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm gonna go with Fred. All right, I get um I get two here, right or no? You do. All right, I'm gonna start off here with Draymond Green. Um, if not for his. Uh, amazing defense and playmaking ability but just so i can see him and kd squabble a little bit in the locker room like i have no problem with that they want to chip together um i feel fine about that and then i am going to go with um damn i am going to go with joe harris uh at the shooting guard spot elite catch and shoot threat um very nicely paired with Curry. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of defense on the wings for me, but I'll take that because we're putting up 130 a night. So 
I'm good with that. That's a deep cut right there. I did not even granted I did research for everything else like but what we're actually doing, but I love that. How much do we think okay uh, Jeff, give me a prediction. Where do you think Joe Harris goes in free agency and for how much? Um, damn. Where do I think he goes for free agency? Um, I actually don't think he'll get a boatload of money just because I do think COVID is going to hamstring a lot of teams. Um, man. You know, I don't know what their cap situation is like. I don't know that they could afford it. But, man, a team like the Dallas Mavericks, I'm sure, would absolutely love Joe Harris. Anyone would love Joe Harris on their team. But I could just see Mark Cuban being a type of guy that is like, you know what? Um, This is actually something I was thinking about writing about with the Mavs piece I'm thinking of. So even though they're a young team, I actually think they have to speed up their rebuild a little bit quicker than they would like to because of poor Zingas's injury situation. So if your your goal has to be to get Luca to resign with you. So it Luca already essentially by himself and, and KP KP had some nice games too. Um they they tasted some playoff success, but they need to do whatever they can to fast track that and make that more of a consistent thing. And um, you know, I like Porzingis, obviously, as a Nick fan, but I do have some some serious concerns about his long-term health. And I think if you get Joe Harris in there, uh, it makes that offense, you know, very, very deadly. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I think I could see a team like Atlanta throwing him a ton of money. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Either way, I'm happy for Joe Harris. I'm happy for him. I want him to get paid. That was a really good call right there. I like that pick. Yeah, no, and I mean, Matt and I were talking about this on last episode where Joe Harris, like, you're not necessarily going to look at him and he's going to blow you away, but what he does and what he does so well, obviously, shoot, is so, it's it's so needed in the league today, so he he's a guy who literally would fit anywhere. Um, I think probably if I had to guess, he'd go back to Brooklyn, and we discussed that in the last episode, too. Um, so, yeah, Jeff literally just added the perfect addition to his Warriors team of Katie, Steph, Draymond, and now Joe Harris, so <coughs> it's a pretty solid team. I swear to you, I, I, I've, I've said this every pick. My plan, honestly, heading in was not to just rebuild the Raptors. But I know exactly who you're taking. And I'm, I think and I'm, I'm going to go with another Raptor, and I'm going to pick OG Ananobi. Wow. I think you're... My I think guy. But look at the... Okay, for Raptors Reddit. Look at, this, look at this defensive lineup. OG, Kawhi, and Pascal are deadly. And we didn't get to see that <clears> in the playoffs, because OG had an emergency appendectomy. But uh, I got Freddie in there, too. My last pick, it won't be a Raptor. I can promise that, kind of. I can't fully promise it because I have another Raptor on my board. And if everyone's taken but him, then I'll have to pick him. But my plan right now isn't to take a fifth Raptor. So uh, I think it's Rob's turn, isn't it? Is it my turn? Oh. It is. Yeah. Um, see, there's better players left on the board than the player I'm going to take here. I wonder, do you guys even have this dude on your list? I'm taking Harrison Barnes. I did not I have, have him. him. Here. I have him here. He's like a solid player. Um, he's going to give me a little bit of scoring. Hopefully, he's going to give me some shooting. But right now, I have Kyrie as my main ball handler. And then I'm going to run a busload of pick and rolls and pick and pops between Kyrie, Mbaka, and Davis. And like, just give me a little bit more offensive punch and 
hopefully he defends at a just a above replacement level spot and he has nice size at six eight six nine i i dig it i like it um I think he's one of those underrated players. Like, I think he's just a solid professional basketball player. I think sometimes, like, there's a ton of hype with him, and we get caught up in the hype. But, like, he's been perfectly fine. Um, I think a lot of teams would be happy to have him. All right. So this this it brings uh, this comes back to me now. Um, I have LeBron, Clay, and Kyle Lowry. Okay, I have to make two picks here. I think I know what I'm going to do. I think one of these picks – actually, I'm kind of torn here. Maybe we can talk this through, okay? I was going to take Kevin Love with one of these picks. But I don't want I, – I want LeBron – you know what? Screw it. I'm taking Kevin Love, okay? And here's why I'm taking Kevin Love. So, obviously, he's in a terrible situation, and we know that he just kind of, like, grabbed all the money that he could, which is perfectly fine, like – I would do the exact same thing. And, and he's not going to finish his career on the Cavs, right? He's going to get traded at some point because he can still play basketball. Um, so I like how he can space the floor. Every time I think of Kevin Love, I think about that time where, like, he played halfway decent defense against Steph Curry, like, on that kind of last shot um, in the finals or, like, second to last shot, whatever it was, um, and, and, like, forced Steph Curry to, to kind of, like, take a contested three. So I'm hanging my hat on that. I have him. I have LeBron. I have Clay, I have Lowry. I feel like we're diverse in terms of my teams. Um, and this brings me to one last guy. I'm debating, do I want Dwight Howard or do I want Tristan Thompson? Because we need a traditional big man. Zach's not giving me any input. He's just chewing his fingernails. Um, Rob is just staring. I can see half of Jeff's face. So I, I couldn't but, get- well, but I know my answer here if I'm in your situation. I yeah, I already pick, know my answer too. Okay, so hopefully it's the right answer, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Tristan Thompson just because I love Canada because of Zach. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's another guy who's like really underrated, and it's kind of weird that I'm picking like two Cavs to be on this championship team, right? Um, but if this was a different year with like better cap situations, he would get paid a lot more money. He can still really play. He probably just had the best year of his career just as an individual player. Um, he. He can pass the ball better than what people think. He still has probably like one to two more years left of just really good athleticism. And he's also just a massive body who, you know, you trust. Like, I trust him defensively. So let me just recap my final team. I have LeBron, Clay, Lowry, Tristan Thompson, and Kevin Love. So we're definitely taking home some hardware. Yeah, I, uh, I, really, I really do like your team. Speaking of Canadian hoopers. Uh, I don't know if have you guys ever heard of Danilo Juricic? He plays in Harvard. Um, so okay, so there's this guy named Danilo Juricic, and he's played three or four years at Harvard now. And he played on the Team Canada team a couple years ago that beat the Team USA team in the U18 World Cup, where RJ Barrett just went nuts. Um, so, anyways, back when I was in like grade eight or nine, I was playing against him, and he went up for a rebound, and he almost threw down a putback on my head. But I went up for the rebound and I tugged his headband and pulled it to block his eyes. I didn't do this intentionally, but I've remembered that play ever since, like all the way up until now. And then on Twitter, he posted one of those, you know, how it started versus how it's going trends. And he posted a photo from back in his old days of when I did that to him. And he looks so different. So I never knew it was him until like two days ago where I realized that 
One of my highlights against a Division One player was pulling his headband down to block his eyes to stop him from dunking on me. Are you famous? I think I am because I've also told this story before of Nikhil Alexander Walker stealing the ball from me in like a game-winning situation. So I've done two <laughs> pretty bad things to some very good NBA players. I uh, or I I'm guess actually, not NBA, but I have a podcast later tonight where we're talking with a Pelicans writer, and we'll definitely be talking to Nikhil Alexander. So that's an interesting segue there. <laughs> there you go. Let him uh, let him know. No, you don't have to let him know. Uh, <laughs> Rob, why don't you why don't you round out your team? All right, so like Matthew, I'm torn between two players. And I think I'm just going to go with, like, my favorite role player of all time, even though he shot the ball like he was wearing a blindfold. He's low maintenance. He doesn't do stupid things. Like, he misses shots sometimes, but, hey, nobody shoots 100%. Just give me Danny Green. I know he's going to work his tail off on defense. He's going to be a consummate professional and hopefully going into 2021, like the jumper is falling. Yeah, no, and he's a guy who even when his shot isn't necessarily falling. And this is another thing we've discussed. uh, Even just a guy that has built a career on making that many threes at such a high clip, he's going to command respect from the defense. And one thing I credited DG throughout the whole finals and really playoffs for was he shot the ball with confidence every time he was open and that you know that allowed the defense to not necessarily just sag off him all the way because even when Danny's shooting 0 for 8 you're still not gonna you know Ben Simmons defense him or whatever you're still gonna respect the shot and contest it so I definitely like it from a floor spacing type of look so Rob why don't you why don't you recap your team right here all right so at the point I have Kyrie and my two wings are Danny Green and Harrison Barnes, who are decent. Green is a knockdown shooter. Like, just for his career, he has a hand cannon. Like, that guy can shoot the rock. Um, Barnes is better as a secondary creator, but he's going to be our third option offensively because Kyrie and AD are going to eat up the bulk of my shots. But I have five guys that you respect as shooters. Um, my two backline guys are really going to give it everything they have on defense. I'm happy with my team. Like I'm happy where my team came out. No, I, uh, I definitely, both your teams are looking very good so far as far as the two teams that are completed. Um, so I also am debating between two players for this final pick and neither of the moon brought up yet. So I want to ask you guys, I'm not going to name the players yet. I'm just going to say, so I have Fred, OG, Kawhi, and Pascal. Do you think I should go with another guard and run small ball? Because Pascal, OG, and Kawhi can all rebound very well and guard centers. Or should I just go with a, a traditional center and, and round, round out the team that way? What do you guys think? Go with a big man. I think like I think you need a big man in today's NBA still. I really do. Um, I, that's, that's what I would do, especially if you're going against like some of our other hypothetical teams. That's what I would do. You, you should go with a big man, but I hope you don't go with a big man. Rob, what do you think? So, I like I told you, I'm a nerd, and I took this super serious, and I broke it down into tiers. And I have one guy left in what I would call my third tier. And then it's like a bunch of wings and big smorgasbords. And there's a big that I want you to take, and I don't even know if he's on your radar, but I want you to go big here. 
Okay, so I was leaning big man, but I just kind of wanted the confirmation. The only reason I was kind of debating guard is because it would it would round out my Raptors roster, and that was Norman Powell, who I was debating about. But I am going to go with a center, and like I said, not to it's not going to complete the Raptors, uh, whatever the Raptors lineup, but I'm going to pick Aaron Baines. Fuck you. Uh, oh, that's where I wanted you to go. <laughs> That is yeah. where I wanted you to pick. Yeah, he won a he won a ring with the with the Spurs back in 2014, and I think he's a fantastic screener. We saw this year how he can absolutely shoot the ball. Um, Matt wrote up a nice free agent profile or preview about him, so go check that out at theplaygrounder.com. And I think he he fits really well with these guys. Like like you said, Matt, uh, there's some big guys on this team that he's gonna have to match up against, and Aaron Baines is like the definition of big. So, um. I guess I'll recap my lineup. It's just Fred, Kawhi, OG, Pascal, and Aaron Baines. Uh, all five can shoot. I have, like, three guys probably who can really create off the dribble, like, really strongly. Um, and then just a defensive juggernaut of a team. So uh, I always build these teams really defensive-minded, i found. But, uh, Jeff, why don't you go with your fifth pick? I'm guessing you were leaning Aaron Baines by your by your reaction, but let's see where you go yeah. The wind, the wind has been taken out of my sails for sure. But uh, you know, I still like my team. Um, rounding out my my five here, I'm I'm gonna go with Javale McGee. There's uh, I I kind of need a big here. Uh, McGee is like a, a decent rim runner. I mean, he a rim protector. Uh, he's still a threat on lobs, you know, which is definitely important in, in today's game. And I think when you put him with talent, um, the skills that he does have shine through. So uh, rounding out my five, um, I have Kevin Durant, Steph, easily uh, two of the greatest players of all time. Um, Joe Harris, who is uh, an unbelievable, efficient three-point shooter, off the bounce, uh, from a standstill pos- position. Draymond Green is, is my defensive captain. He's, you know, calling out all the coverages. He's a heart and soul. And then I got McGee, who I think... Um, you know, given what I have left here, I didn't want to pick Dwight Howard, so I went McGee. I, I think he's a, a solid athletic big who um, can do some things. Yeah, me and Jeff took the exact same route of taking four guys who played together and then a one-off. Matt took just a step below that, and he took three Cavs that played together and then two um, kind of one-offs. Uh, Matt, was there anyone, I guess you said you were prepared for this wrong, but is there anyone that was like on your radar that if we went with like a sixth and seventh pick that you would, you'd kind of go with for sure? Yeah. Um, I would have went with Rondo. I like, I like what Rondo has done. Um, believe it or not, like I was kind of considering KCP. I just think he's a much better player than what the Twitter, Twitter sphere has deemed him to be. Um, so those are guys off the top of my head. I mean, the Aaron Baines ones, it, Aaron Baines is a great pick, and I actually think that he ends up on the Raptors. Like, I think I think there's a good chance Serge Ibaka maybe goes somewhere else. Um, and if that happens, I think Baines can can be a, like, can slide right in in Toronto. But, yeah, those, those are my guys. Um, here's one thing that, I, that I'm definitely ready to, like, see next year. So I was interested, Jeff, that, like, you, you still decided to go with a big just because you have Draymond who can do small ball five and KD. And, but, like, I kind of understand it because, you know, I think all of us could imagine a Western Conference Finals next year where, like, Anthony Davis is playing against the Warriors. And I'm so interested to see what they're going to do, right? Like, are they going to put a more traditional big on him? Or are they going to just let Draymond be a freak and see if he can defend AD? 
Um, so I think we have a lot of questions going into next year, and that just kind of reminded me of that. Uh, Jeff, do you have anyone that wasn't selected that you uh, you would have picked next with like a sixth and seventh man? There were there were three guys that I was potentially looking at if some of my the guys that I had targeted uh, weren't picked. But just to go back to Matt's point, I, I also share kind of like the interest in in what teams would do in that situation, just because. Uh, you know, the reason I went for a big, especially in playoff basketball, rebounding is so huge. And you saw that with the Lakers. Their length um, and size really, really hurt teams in some areas. So I love Draymond at a small ball five, but I just wanted to get a, a little bit more of insurance in that area. But the three guys I was looking at, um, you know, Zach, I think will give me some props here, taking another uh, Raptors guy. But Norman Powell, Justin Holiday. And uh, there was one other guy that I feel like I was kind of, oh, Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma. Those would have been, if I had a sixth slot, it would have gone to one of those three players. What about you, Rob? If you if you had to pick a sixth man, who would you have gone with? All right. Um, I got kicked off for a second. So who were the last two selections? Just so I don't say somebody. Well, I, I picked Aaron Baines to f- uh, finish off my team, and Jeff finished with JaVale McGee. Okay, so my guys left are – I'm not a huge Kyle Kuzma guy, but I had him, KCP, but my last pick would have been uh, Markeith Morris. If I was adding another player, it would have been Markeith Morris. Yeah, That's actually a really good one, another guy I didn't have on my list. I think more so just because I had a group of forwards that was already there. Um, I get like I had some guys' names on here that we haven't named yet that – I only would have picked them if we had like ninth men, but I guess I can just shout shout them out. Um, Iguodala, I, I could have picked if he was the only one left. I still don't think that's horrible because we saw in the finals, it's not like he's finals MVP, Andre Iguodala, but he, he can still be useful and a good veteran presence. Uh, another guy that I guess I wrote on there just as like a, if if I had to, was Patty Mills, just because he's another guy who's a veteran and he can shoot the ball, he can still kind of play. And then my last one... Uh, not my favorite pick. I wouldn't have liked to go with him as my center, so I'm happy I got Aaron Baines. But I just put Jordan Bell down there because, I don't know, good good energy big and kind of rebound, and he was on that Warriors team. So uh, I guess we'll recap these teams real quick before we go. Matt finished off with LeBron, Lowry, Clay, Love, and Tristan Thompson. Rob had Anthony Davis, Kyrie, Serge Ibaka, Harrison Bards, and Danny Green. I finished off with Kawhi, Pascal, Van Vliet, OG, and Aaron Baines. And then Jeff rounds out the draft with Katie, Steph, Draymond, Joe Harris, and JaVale McGee. That was, uh, that was very fun, guys. Thanks so much for uh, everyone coming on. Do uh, any of you guys want to shout out your socials or anything? Um, well, uh, so th- first of all, thank you, thanks for waiting for me. Um, in case you guys didn't hear who were listening to this, my computer is like, you know, my computer caught some kind of virus. And that's not even like a pun with like, this pandemic. I don't know what's going on. Um, you can find me at Matt Esposito underscore. Um, Rob, tell everybody where they can find you. I am at Shaw's Law Podcast on Twitter. Make sure you guys are checking out the Playgrounder NBA Trade Pod because it's a ton of fun and we're booking guests. So that's where you can find me. Yeah, for me, it's uh, at Jeff underscore boy underscore RD. Um, doing some cool stuff with a with a podcast I have on the side as well as with the playgrounders. So everybody be on the lookout for stuff from there. I'm just I'm just gonna plug Quiz the Beat. It's a really cool podcast. Tony East was the most recent guest, and Jared Weiss of the Athletic will be the next one. So 
uh, look out for that. Uh, yeah, thanks everyone for coming. On. We're definitely we'll definitely do this again. It's, we have a long off season ahead, on a winter off season, so it'll be a little different. But we'll definitely do this again with the four of us. All right. So as mentioned in the intro, Matt uh, not able to join us today for this segment, but. I'm not alone. I am joined by Jeff Garcia. He's a Spurs digital journalist and also the host of the Locked On Spurs podcast. Uh, Jeff, I want to start off by asking, how did it feel to not cover a team in the playoffs? <laughs> it feels odd. Um, it it didn't hit me until recently when I mean, you mentioned Locked On Spurs right now. Thank you very much. Where I was talking to a few guests and it hit me. I was like, you know what? I never had to scramble for topics <laughs> until this season, you know, because usually they had deep playoff runs or they at least make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that would give you something to work with as uh, the offseason drew near. But now, you know, they're on an early vacation for the first time in 22 years. Um, you're looking at a team in flux right now. You're looking at a team that is hopefully going to move in the right direction. There's still a lot of question marks when it comes to the San Antonio Spurs and there comes to a point, Zach, where you realize just how fortunate the Spurs fan base was to have 22 seasons of just winning seasons. That's come to an end now. And now is going to be a time where this team may not make the playoffs uh, for maybe two seasons, three seasons. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Did uh did not making the playoffs kind of bring back those memories of Kawhi Leonard amongst the fan base? Because if he stays, then they're not only in the playoffs still consistently probably for the next few years, but I think they're right up there as championship contenders. So did that kind of did, did you feel that kind of spark up amongst the fan base of man if Kawhi just stayed here and didn't want out so bad, then we still could have been on this run. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're seeing the um, the byproduct of Kawhi Leonard leaving right now. You know, this team was built around him and. He's gone. So, I mean, he put a, he just blew a hole right through the Spurs' future plans because uh, he wanted out of San Antonio. So now you're seeing the Spurs scramble. You know, they, they had some large contracts that are still in the books, but they'll be off the books after next season. They've had uh, players that are on the roster that simply don't mesh well, but those are because they were supposed to be with Kawhi Leonard in his era in San Antonio. So the Spurs are now trying to cobble together what they can. What's unfortunate right now is that the Spurs don't have a franchise-type player on the roster at all. They, they don't. And there's a lot of young players with promise, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, but none of them rise to the level of Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, or LeBron James, you know, Luka Doncic. They don't, they don't have that right now. And that's where the Spurs are going to next season. And it began in Orlando. What do we have with these kids? Can these kids do anything? Are they um, potentially could be the next face of this franchise? We don't know. And that process is going to continue whenever next season begins. And when you look at it, um, it's, it's just a situation where the Spurs haven't been in. They, they had you know George Gervin, then it transitions into David Robinson, then it transitions to Tim Duncan, then – Tony Parker, Monaginobili come along. Then it became the Tony Parker, Monaginobili show. Then the Tony Parker show. And then it was supposed to be Kawhi Leonard. And then, well, we all know how that ended. So this team probably won't see the playoffs, in my opinion, for at least maybe two seasons. And I'm being generous there. Um, the West is just so stacked. They're young. They're, the rest of the West and their young players and their young teams, your Denver, your Dallas, 
they already got a jump start on their future. They get Memphis, you know, jump start in the future. Uh, New Orleans got a jump start in the future. The Spurs just began theirs in Orlando. That's when it began. That's when Popovich announced that they're going to go with the youth movement. Uh, I'm glad they did. I'm glad Pop went that direction. I think it was a little too late for that. Uh, the writing was on the wall all season, Zach. This team was going to struggle to make the postseason. And this team and the franchise were seeing the end of dominance already. Uh, and I think at that point, moment, they should have said, you know what, young rookies that we have stashed in Austin in the G League, come to San Antonio. Let's get your um, your career going to see what we can uh, do with you. And um, hey, but better late than never. Look, they're going to have an 11 pick in the upcoming draft. That's good. A lot of their young players right now are showing promise, Kelton Johnson for one. And hopefully the Spurs will build around that. And they're not going to be big players until after next season. After next season, and in um, that offseason, the 20 or 21 offseason, they'll have a lot of money to play with. But then the question becomes, Zach, do top quality free agents, like we'll see in 2021, really want to come to San Antonio? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad you brought up that young core because as much as, as you mentioned, they don't necessarily have a guy that's projected to be, you know, a superstar or a multi-time all-star like a Luka or Zion, Jaw, those kind of names. I, I do think they have one of the most underrated young cores in the league. Like you brought up Keldon Johnson and Lonnie Walker, yeah. DeJounte, even a guy like Derek White's not too young. Oh, yes. I'm a I'm actually a big fan of Quindary Weatherspoon, who obviously mm-hmm. another guy who's not necessarily projected to be anything you know, superstar-esque, but yeah. watching him play in the bubble is amazing. So where do you kind of like, and obviously you don't have to give me a number, but where do you kind of rank them within all the young cores in the league? Because there's obviously the teams at the top, which has like New Orleans, Memphis, those kind of things. But yeah. like amongst a team like Phoenix or Sacramento, like where would you kind of place this young core? If we're just talking about the young core that I'll place it even behind a team uh, like Phoenix, like Denver, like Memphis, because I don't know what they got. I don't right. know. I, I I I like what I saw in eight games in Orlando, but that's eight games in Orlando. Can Keldon Johnson be the way he was in in the bubble during a regular season? You know, Lonnie Walker. Uh, he's he's another guy that I think is going to have a lot of eyes on him next season because I don't know what type of player he is, Zach. Uh, you know, he's very inconsistent inconsistent by his own admission. I had a chance to talk with him. Uh, right before the team left to the bubble. And he told me, too, that, yeah, that he knows that he's inconsistent on both ends of the court. You see the flashes of brilliance that he can do uh, when he led the team uh, from an amazing uh, comeback win over the Rockets during the regular season. But then that was it. That was it. You didn't really see any type of performance like that out of Lonnie <laughs> even until the end of the season. Uh, Kelvin Johnson, he didn't really get his uh, time to really shine until the bubble. And again, that is the bubble. That was a very unusual situation, environment for the NBA and the Spurs and for a young guy like him. Can he do that in an eight in a regular season, uh, season consistently? Same thing for uh, DeJounte Murray. A lot of fans are also looking at him. The fan base is looking at him like, okay, DeJounte, what are we doing here? We know you're a good player. We know you are a really good player. You're one of the better defending rebounders uh, at your position in the league. But where's your next step? And we haven't really seen that next step in him. So there's a lot of question marks surrounding these young guys, even Weatherspoon. You know, is his future in San Antonio? There's so many guards 
on the roster right, right. now that you got to wonder how does he fit? Because it's not just simply Derek White, DeJounte, and Keldon. There's also also another guard out there, uh, Patty Mills. He's a veteran. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, he's going to get his time. DeMar DeRozan sometimes is the ball handler for the Spurs. You know, if he does stay in San Antonio next season, which all signs are saying yes, um, th- there's another guard that he has to fight with. I, I see Weatherspoon staying with the Spurs and maybe moving his talents elsewhere when he's a free agent. I, I think there's just such a log jam at that position. He he tends to be the forgotten spur of the young guys. You know, people forget about him. That they're like, oh yeah, there's there's Weatherspoon. And look, defensively, he's a really good. He's one of the better perimeter defenders for the Spurs. But his Austin play is great. But really, haven't seen that in his San Antonio play out in the bubble. He got time. He got his minutes, and he was kind of the glue guy doing the little dirty work things that don't show up in the in the stat sheet. But when is he going to be able to see significant NBA playing time uh, once next season rolls around? So I, I think it's, it's a numbers game for him, uh, Zach. So you kind of hinted at DeMar, I guess, accepting his player option, which mm-hmm. I, I kind of assumed. Uh, I, I, like, I don't want to sound rude when asking this, but like, do the Spurs want him back? Or, or do you think they could trade yeah. him at the deadline? Or even if he did decline, do you think the Spurs would make a push to kind of sign him to a long-term deal? Like, wh- where's that? I don't want to say relationship because it's not yeah. rocky, but it's just where do you think that kind of DeMar and the Spurs is kind of heading? Yeah, I, I see the Spurs heading to one more season, and that's probably about it. I don't know if, De- if DeMar DeRozan really wants to be part of a rebuild. You know, does he want to stay in San Antonio and be part of a team that may or may not make the postseason for quite some time? I don't know. Uh, you know, he's he's still a young guy. You know, he has a lot of mileage left on his legs. But if he wants to chase the ring, you know, he has a golden opportunity to do that after next season, albeit if he does pick up his option. I think the Spurs, uh, let's put it this way, you're, don't be surprised to hear any rumors floating out around draft time. You know, if DeMar DeRozan does pick up his option, I think by then we should know already officially mm-hmm. um you know you hear oh you know the spurs are um talking with x team and demar Derozan's part of it you know because that's a great expiring contract for a team that looking to rebuild as well i mean that's 27 million dollars off your book if you do a trade with san antonio so uh i, I think demar Derozan probably has one more season uh, in him and with San Antonio, and then he he probably look uh, elsewhere because he will be a free and clear free agent. You know, none of this player option business that he has right now, and uh, we'll we will see because the Spurs can are well. I hope they will be big players after next season. They they're going to be so well under the cap. You have Demar Derozan off the off the books. You'll have Lamarcus Aldridge off the books. I think Pal Gasol's, yeah, the Spurs are still paying Pal Gasol. He'll be off the books. Um, and so many other the young guys' uh, contracts will be renegotiated. And I think the money should be sent to renegotiation deals with Derek White, with Kelton Johnson, if they if they pan out, you know, with DeJounte. Well, DeJounte got his extension, so he's, he's good. Uh, Lonnie, if he does pan out. And, you know, who will the Spurs pick at number 11? I think they'll definitely see... Uh, you know where this young core is going. I hope next season, though, Zach, that the Spurs are fully committed to uh, this youth movement. Yeah. Um, because they have to get things going, Zach. They have to start keeping up with the Joneses, for the lack of a better words, in the West. The West is, you know, the only team that I see the Spurs better than right now, as you and I are recording your your podcast, is maybe Sacramento and Minnesota. That's it. Yeah. 
I, I don't see them better than Memphis. I mean, you go down the road, the Lakers, Rockets, Dallas, New Orleans, Memphis, as mentioned, uh, Utah, Denver. I guess and the depending list goes on, on, on like, yeah. what OKC does, too. They could probably be mm-hmm. better than them if OKC ends up shipping out Chris Paul and Steven Adams and then yeah. doesn't bring back Danilo. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, even then, but that's still not enough to even crack right. uh, the, the, the playoffs. Do I think they'll be pushing for the playoffs? Of course. You know, we they nearly did it last season in the bubble. They nearly pulled it off. They were, you know, they were a boneheaded play, DeJounte Murray, <laughs> from um, winning out and what they had to do uh, and to get into the bubble. And they didn't. But, hey, you know, it happens. You know, it is basketball. And uh, I'm pretty sure DeJounte will build on that next season. So what we're looking at, Zach, is just a complete rebuild of this franchise, a new chapter in Spurs history. You know, one one of the uh, uh, interesting uh, comments that Popovich made out in the bubble, um, I think it was like towards the end, they had like two or three games left on their schedule. And I forget, somebody asked him in one of the Zoom conferences, and my point is his his response was interesting because he says, yeah, we're looking at these eight games to see who wants to be here and who doesn't want to be here. So they're really looking at these young guys. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, if you hear rumors about the Spurs trying to package some sort of deal. Look, Zach, none of the young guys on this roster are un- untouchable. Not one of them. You have ones that are close to it, Derek White and Keldon Johnson. And that's about it. I don't see, you know, I don't see Rudy Gay, you know, being so coveted with the Spurs. I don't see even Lonnie Walker, uh, not even DeJounte Murray. I think if the right deal comes along and, Somebody, another team asked for it, you will give me DeJounte and pick and you'll get established NBA star uh, on your roster. Then I can see the Spurs going for that. Yeah, this uh, this actually kind of feeds me into a question I had or more so my co-host, Matt. He's a he's mm-hmm. a Celtics fan and he has this huge affinity for Lonnie Walker. So he wanted me to ask yeah. you, what do you think it would take for Boston to get Lonnie? Oh, I think picks. I think I think the Spurs will definitely take some picks. I know I get it. They're not you know, he, as of right now. He's not worthy of some sort of top ten pick, but I think a high pick will will be good. Um, I, I could definitely see Popovich uh, and the new GM uh, Brian Wright asking for a guy like Marcus Smart, yeah, a defender because the Spurs are, are are one of the weaker defensive teams. Can you believe I'm saying that? And Popovich's <laughs> watch. They're one well. Of it's the even weird talking teams. about them yeah. having to rebuild. Yeah. So I can definitely see that. I think they'll rebuild off in, with defense first. So I could see them asking for a guy like uh, Smart. I get it. You know, Tatum and Brown are probably untouchable uh, for San Antonio, uh, for the Boston. They, they won't go after Kemba because they're loaded with guards. So it'd have to be a player like um, like Smart. And uh, I believe that young guy that kind of had a coming out party for Boston out in the bubble. I forgot his name. Um, excuse me. Grant Williams uh, or, or Robert thank Williams? Thank you. Uh, I think Williams is another guy. And, uh, but look, um, it, it is un- uncharted territory for the Spurs, you know, going in a direction, uh, rudderless and uh, rudder and no, with no franchise player. I mean, they, I mean, pop had one for his entire tenure in San Antonio from Robinson to Duncan to pop, sorry, to Manu and TP and for a while Kawhi. Yeah. And now he doesn't. And here's the thing too, Zach, we don't know how much longer he has in the tank too. Right mm-hmm. now, I think he's probably the only attractive uh, piece, quote unquote, for a free agent to come to San Antonio to play under Popovich to say, you know, I played with Pop, you know, a good, you know, uh, coach, one of the best uh, ever to do it. You know, you 
when LaMarcus Aldridge signed with San Antonio, there was the lore of Tim Duncan and, and uh, Popovich, and that was strong. And, you know, he, he signed. You hear other players that are free and say, yeah, a chance to play with, you know, whatever, LeBron James or a chance to play with uh, Harden and Westbrook. You know, that that's attractive. The Spurs don't have that on the roster right now. Uh, not, there's not a knock on LMA or DeMar DeRozan, but look, LMA, you likely you're not going to be a Spur after next season. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, we don't know what his future will look like after next season. We kind of know what's going to happen next season. You know, he'll likely resign, but um, it's just, it's just, it's such an unknown for the Spurs right now. And the only way to find out and be known is to play these kids. Let's see what we got. And yeah, and if it means trading away one or two of them to get better, the Spurs, in my opinion, I think they should really entertain that thought process. Yeah, and I guess kind of feeding back into the idea of a rebuild, and you brought up LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, we've kind of heard his name, I guess, like informally floating around in trade rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think like the chances are high or realistic that Aldridge would get traded? Because he probably is, I, like, as long as far as not a young guy, he's probably the only attractive trade piece. I mean, like, DeMar maybe, but I, yeah, I don't see a lot yeah. of teams cra- going crazy after him. So do you think an Aldridge trade is realistic? Yeah, I think an Aldridge trade is realistic guy uh, this upcoming season. Look, he's been very vocal, and he doesn't hide it. He wants to go back to Portland. He's said it numerous times. You know, he re, you know, uh, rebuilt the bridges that were broken between him and uh, Damian Lillard. He's uh, very vocal about saying that he wants to end his career where it began out in Portland. So I definitely can see, hey, you know, Blazers, what do you got? Do you want LMA back? Because you know, the Blazers need exactly – what LMA presents. They need a big, uh, a solid big to yeah. pair with Lillard. You know, that's what they need. So, hey, a reunion fits well. So, you know, what can, you know, Portland give? You know, there's what, Nasir Little. Um, you know, I think um, Miles Leonard's still there, right? Or he moved Myers Leonard's no. in, uh, uh, He's in Miami, right? Yeah, they have Zach so the Collins other, too, who. Zach uh, Collins, yeah. Zach Collins. He's a good young big. big. Yeah, good young big. Uh, so we'll see. So, yeah, I definitely can see the Spurs trying to trade uh, LMA this coming season, or at least put his name out there. DeMar DeRozan would be, a, be definitely a sign and trade if, if, the, if the deal is right. But I, I can see Popovich still needing to have his services with this young team because of such the leadership role that he took on in the bubble. I mean, DeMar was with those young guys. He looked rejuvenated out there. He looked like he was having fun out there with the young guys. He praises Kelton Johnson left and right calls him his favorite rookie he's ever played with so i think there's some still something attractive for demar to stay in san antonio but if he's looking long term and if he's looking the fact that on his resume he does not have a, a title then i can definitely see him bouncing i said heading into the bubble and throughout while as you mentioned the spurs played really well that this would just be the most san antonio thing ever for them to just steal the eight seed away and give yeah, us right. a Lakers Spurs series that like it's like to know no discredit to the Spurs that just no one wanted to see because everyone wanted to see Portland or New Orleans or even Memphis. So, uh, but yeah, I guess they didn't end up doing that. Um, you brought up Pop, and I do want to touch on that quick because you mentioned you don't know kind of how many years he has left. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's basically what I want to ask. Like, can you see him really retiring within the next five mm-hmm. years? And if so, do oh. you think they would? bring up a coach like uh, Becky Hammond or Tim Duncan or someone to take the reins? Or what, what do you think that situation's looking like? Uh, I think we'll find out what's going on with him in the next two seasons. Uh, 
I think what threw a wrinkle and everything was the bubble. And I think what threw another wrinkle into this is the fact that the Olympic Games will be going on while the NBA season is going on. I mean, uh, Adam Silver pretty much said it on um, one of his uh, press conferences that the NBA season will not stop for the Olympic Games. That means Team USA. That means Popovich's time with Team USA. And, of course, it would probably be easy for him. Hey, you know, with the Jeff Van Gundy, I think, or um, – is out there, you know, he's on the uh, the assistant coaches, you know, hey, hold the fort down, I'll get there when I can, if the Spurs um, season does run into uh, the start of the Olympics. But, I mean, how much more can he take? I think he's he's in his, he's in his early 70s. Um, he, you know, he, the game has changed. It's different. And, you know, there's, you look, the, the Spurs, when, during their dynasty run, you know, were very in-house, closed off, you know, rare access to get, and now they're going a different direction. They're they're letting these kids be more open with play with fans, uh, with the media, because they got to build their brand. It's just it's just a, it's a stark difference to what he was used to. So I'm pretty sure he enjoys it. I'm pretty sure he he enjoys uh, coaching these young guys and seeing them develop, and that's exciting for him. But with this new breed of player, they'll need a new breed of coach. You know, the players want to come to the NBA, uh, you know, to shine, to do well, not feel like they're going to, to military school. And that's the way Popovich runs everything, very militaristic. So, you know, look, he's adjusted his play, his 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 handbook, his approach. You know, he went from four down, Tim Duncan, you know, half court to free flowing with Tony Parker to um, – you know, Mono Ginobili and letting him be Mono Ginobili and to at least beginning to create a system around just one player, Kawhi Leonard. So he he's he's a he's adaptable. But we saw in the bubble, Zach, that this young team plays better when they're free flowing, when they're up running gun. And can he adjust? Of course he can. But he doesn't have the players right now that will build this team back to prominence. And look, he's done it before. He's traded George Hill, a uh, fan favorite for Kawhi Leonard. It was a great trade. I mean, looking back, at least for a while, uh, can he do it again? Will Brian Wright, new GM, do that well? Uh, I, I really feel, Zach, that Pop probably has a couple more. And as far as a successor, uh, I mean, all eyes are looking at Becky. I mean, it, it's kind of obvious. You know, she should she should get it. Uh, but does she want to wait around a couple more seasons? You look at the Knicks, I mean, knocking on her door. Or a few years ago, the Bucks knocked on her door. The Pacers are knocking on her door right now. Yeah. You know, can she wait up? I mean, we've seen this before. We, you know, Mike Budenholzer was supposed to be the heir apparent to Pop, but he bolted. Uh, Brett Brown, same thing. Tori Messina flat out said it. You know, everybody thought that he was going to be the next one for Pop. He left the Spurs, and when he went to overseas to Italy, he says, yeah, I couldn't wait any longer. I wanted to be a head coach. So if the right deal comes around to Becky, I don't blame her. If, if it's the Pacers giving her head coaching duties, the Pelicans, can you imagine that, her getting the Pelicans? I mean, it's yeah. a match made in heaven. So uh, that's, that's the thing, because I think there's a part of me thinks that sometimes Pop is kind of holding up the franchise a little bit. You know, where are we going, Pop? What are we doing? And, you know, if we're really going to reset this, you know, are you going to be a part of this and for how long? And can we rest, give it assurances to whoever is going to be the next coach, whether it be Hammond or Becky or Will Hardy, uh, in-house or outhouse, 
you know, other teams like in the college rank, you know, we need to know what's going on. So, and I think he'll do the right thing. I think he'll let them know ahead of time to say, hey, you know, this is it. Um, let's start looking for somebody or start telling Timmy to get ready, although I doubt that will happen, or uh, Becky to get ready to take over when I'm done. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm really appreciative of your time. I do want to ask one last question before we go. Yeah, and go it is It is on the topic of Greg Popovich. And as you mentioned, obviously a guy who's been very adaptable throughout his career and has really fit the system towards the roster he has. And mm-hmm. really he's in the conversation for best coach ever. But oh, for sure. I want you to name all the coaches right now in the <laughs> NBA that you would take over him. If there are any, maybe maybe there aren't. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, Spolstra is the first one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely Eric Spolstra, what he's done with Miami uh, since losing James and Wade and Bosch. Uh, it's a bang-up job. I, I think uh, they planned that franchise right, and we saw what happened out in the bubble, made it to the NBA Finals. So he's one. Uh, another guy, I, I, uh, not in the coaching ranks, uh, Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, I oh, think okay. he'd be great. Yeah, I think he'd be great in San Antonio. Uh, he he always uh, remarked, I'm pretty sure you, you catch that during his broadcast on ABC, where he's like, don't ever talk to me about 1999. I don't want to talk about 1999, because that's when his Knicks were playing against the Spurs. And I think it would be poetic just if he comes back to coach the Spurs. Yeah. So he's another guy that I think uh, would fit well in San Antonio. Um, outside of the obvious, Becky, you know, that's, that's kind of obvious uh, there. Uh, another coach I think would do well in San Antonio is, you know, I had an affinity for him. Um uh, and I, I think he'd do well. I think Steve Kerr. I think Steve okay. Kerr, you know, would would be really good in San Antonio. Um, to if the Spurs are going to go in a more running gun fashion, and you know, still playing defense, committing to defense. And look, the Warriors are a good def- defensive team when they had all their players healthy. And I think he'd fit well in San Antonio. So those are a few names out there that top of my head. I think would be really good post. No, uh, no coach of the year, Nick Nurse. You know, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I like Nurse. I'm, thank you for reminding me that. Yes, Nick Nick Nurse is really, really good. But I, I, I think Toronto has their match. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're, he, neck, uh, they're never going to let him go. Yeah, ever. he just signed an extension. You know? So maybe that was like kind of like um, preventing me from thinking about Nurse because I yeah. remember that they locked him up for quite a long time. But, yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of great quality coaches out there. Uh, and some that are getting exposed, you know, look at Doc Rivers, you know, he's getting exposed as, a, eh, you know, maybe, you know, we need to rethink about him. And it was, I, I, the irony is, is that back in Popovich's early uh, years of coaching, San Antonio, there was a period of time where he was going to get fired and it was coming close to it. That I think the Spurs brass were going to ax him and he had to, um, rallied the troops, so to speak, to save his job. But the guy waiting in the wings was Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, I do find it kind of funny how the uh, the Spurs, for however many years, as you mentioned, 22 years, in the playoffs, a lot of success, and everyone was kind of talking about how, how boring they are, and uh, no one wants to watch, watch them because they're not flashy or not anything. But now that they have a young core that's not as competitive, I feel like they're a bit more entertaining. So uh, I do find it kind of funny how they uh, drop out of competitiveness, but probably rise in entertainment. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to watch them next year for sure. I uh, mm-hmm, Yeah. We're, we're in lockdown Spurs. We're bracing the fan base for some um, 
long nights, some long games already because of these young guys barely got any NBA run. Zach, they only got significant NBA time in the bubble. And it looked really good. And it looked really good. And that was without Aldridge, too. Right, without Aldridge, without Trey Lyles. um, uh, Derek White, believe it or not, who was playing, I believe, with a broken foot. I think that's what it was, or some sort of dislocated toe, something something affecting his feet. Yeah, it's um, not so helpful. Yeah, he wasn't at 100%, and you bench Patty Mills, not for anything bad, but because Patty Mills was gracious enough to give his minutes to the young guys. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, this this is an exciting team, but I, I think Spurs fans have a right to be excited, but let's not put all our eggs in one basket because of how they played in Orlando. That's awesome. Well, uh, Jeff, I really appreciate your time. I'm excited to watch the Spurs as they enter their first rebuild in 22 years. I'm sure anyone would take their franchise only having to rebuild yeah. every 22 years. Uh, yeah, I take you, that every time. Do you want to plug anything before we get going? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for mentioning Lockdown Spurs. So, yeah, Lockdown Spurs, subscribe to it uh, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, iHeartRadio app, I, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, it's always there. And even on smart uh, speakers, uh, I didn't realize this. You can go to your smart smart speaker and just say "Play Lockdown Spurs" and it'll play. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, Uh, and then of course go to the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox Twenty Nine San Antonio dot com. I am looking for stuff for Spurs fans to enjoy in this long off season, and I'm finding it. So uh, Spurs fans can enjoy what Dave Robinson, you know, the Spurs great, had to say about his commitment to San Antonio and post NBA Live, and also. Um, if anything, uh, go check out this great controversy that Lakers, well, maybe not controversy, kind of a more of a barbershop talk. Lakers, uh, Jared Dudley said that Anthony Davis is a better player slash more talented than Tim Duncan. I heard so that. So a big discussion. Yeah, there's a big discussion going on there. Uh, go check it out at the Spurs Zone at News 4 San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio.com. That's awesome, Jeff. Thanks so much for your time. And, uh, you know, if anything crazy happens with the Spurs, we'll have to have you back on. Yep, anytime, Zach. Appreciate you. We stayed up till the morning Talking till the first light of dawn Just like fate without no warning It hit me so